All right, lads, and welcome back to the Off The Line podcast on YouTube and on Spotify. Hey, we've broken Big a deal with Spotify. They've yeah. given us millions and millions of pounds um, to, to hear what we have to say about this week's Premier League football. Is yeah. that right? We are, we are, yeah. Basically, we are the new, uh, we are the new investors in Newcastle United yeah. because of what they paid. We offered to buy it for forty quid and a Mars bar. And Mike yeah, Ashley, Mike Ashley was Mike sniffing Ashley around it. Yeah. No, uh, but, um, so yeah, yeah. We're very excited to be on this platform. Um, obviously, for podcasts, this is probably the best place to be in mm. general because you guys can now turn your phone off and listen to us, or you can put us on in the car. The sultry or, tones. Of Sam Davis. Yeah. yeah, you can really. What more do you really, want? Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. I can't lie, I've listened to the one that's already up because I love. Uh, but no, we're very happy to be here and we hope that you lot are enjoying the content. Of course, today is another weekly Bosch. Bosch, Bosch, Bosch. Uh, at some point, we're going to come up with a jingle for it. Uh, yeah, you're we'll going to some... play a little guitar. Thingy, aren't you? I'll do a little, do a little guitar thingy yeah. when I get around to it. Or we can find some copyrighted stuff to play online and get demonetized. Despite every the fact that we're not eligible for monetization anyway. But we move, we move. Memory, memory. All right. <laughs> so, the Weekly Bosch, if you don't know how this goes, I don't know where you have been for the last seven, eight weeks, but we'll go through it. Uh, we go through the weekend's results just gone talk about what was good talk about what was bad then we do our power rankings the things that we thought were especially brilliant or especially you know hopeless and then we'll look at the weekend's fixtures to come a couple of really tasty ones this weekend yes. and we predict and talk about them uh so without further ado jamie would you like to jump into it should i kick it. us off you should kick us off saturday twelve thirty. On the time, <laughs> sorry, I'm setting a scene here. Uh, Newcastle, <laughs> Newcastle two. Ah, Newcastle nil, Chelsea two. Sam, do you want to take us through the game, mate? What, what did you? Well, what was, was your analysis? It was a very good performance from us. Uh, I think it was a solid team performance. I couldn't, I having watched the game, couldn't see one player, especially that stood out. But yeah. um, as a as a whole eleven, I think we all turned up. But there's one word to describe Newcastle performance, and that is lifeless. Yeah, absolutely without merit. And we're, we're good. This is this is one of our power rankings. Actually, we're going to talk about Newcastle a bit later because uh, to finish the game with how what percentage of possession was it? it Twenty nine. Twenty nine percent possession. When you're two 0 down in the Premier League game, there was a At point home. in the game. There was a point in the game where I believe they had less than ten percent possession over a five minute period when they were losing at home. Now, if that's not Brucey Ball in effect, I don't know what is. But we'll come back to that later on. Mm. Uh, Chelsea played really well. Uh, a good assist from Timo Werner in the game. And just yeah, generally... A amazing run, good. I'd call it. Yes. Yes. And uh, living up to the nickname Turbo Timo, definitely. In yeah. between two defenders. and uh, Another clean sheet Kano. for Ed Mendy as well. Definitely. And uh, notably in the absence of Thiago Silva. Another yeah. clean sheet. So that's that's a really positive step for us. You can you can kind of see the effect that having him just at the club is having on defenders like Kurt Zuma and Antonio Rudiger. You know, they they seem more at home. Yeah. Definitely. Playing 
in Premier League games now, which is great. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. Newcastle a bit later on, but we'll move on to a quite exciting game for the neutral, actually. I watched towards the end of this game. It was Aston Villa 1, Brighton 2. A bit of late drama, a bit of a you know a red card for Tariq Lamptey, which Sam was just shadow boxing about because <laughs> he loves Tariq Lamptey. One of my um, favourite players. But yeah, um, I watched, I, I saw the highlights for this and I saw Danny Welbeck popping up with a lovely little chip that um, I'd be proud of on pro clubs. Um, and also mm. Solly March uh, picking up a goal as well. Esri Concer as well, who just seems to be really quality. But um, I think the thing that killed it for Villa early on was the injury of Ross Barkley. Yeah. I think that was massive because, you know, he's been so good for them since he's joined online from Chelsea. I think he's been such a massive part of the success that they've had so we'll see how Villa deal without him in the upcoming fixtures you know especially with how congested the the fixture list is over the over the Christmas period what what do you think about this game Sam? Um, Well we talked about the impact that Ross Barkley's had on in the transfer roundup you know he's he's definitely added a lot of class into that midfield especially because they're pairing with John McGinn I think he's he's taken their and then midfield up a level, yeah, definitely. Losing him early on in the game had an effect. I think Brighton were able to take more control in that in that area. Having watched the the highlights, two really good goals yeah. from, from Welbeck and Sunny March, and uh, you know it's a big result for Brighton because I feel like I Brighton this season have been performing really well in games, but just haven't mm. been able to come away with a result. You know, the, the, you take your mind back to the United game. They looked like they robbed a point at the end. Five, and then, five you know, woodwork hits in that United game. Yeah, five woodwork hits, and then they got a penalty given against them in the end of the game. You know, it's, yeah. it's things like that. And you do sometimes get it in the Premier League with these teams where they feel like things are really starting to rail against them. But I think Brighton have deserved a point. And I just want to point out because we've been pretty, you know, pretty vindictive of VAR on this podcast. But uh, the decision at the end not to award the penalty. To, to Aston Villa Strange, for a blatant dive uh, is 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 an example of VAR being used for the right reasons. Hmm. You know, it it wasn't a penalty; it was a it was a dive. Whether whether I think that the player should then be subsequently booked or banned for simulation, I think the problem with it um, is is that where there was contact, despite the fact that he got the ball first, there was contact afterwards. And but yeah, yeah the, it's exactly what happened with. I, I cast my mind back to the Mo Salah penalty against West Ham about just pre uh, lockdown two point where you know you just throw your legs up, your arms up, and you get to the floor, and it's and it's and it looks much worse than it is. So I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's frustrating, but there's been a lot of conversation, especially on our on our, on our group chats, about the what the consequences should be for diving and that sort of thing. But that's something we can, you know, discuss in another episode, maybe a special one where we talk about simulation and our thoughts on what will happen with it. But um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's the excessive theatrical rolling and screaming that make it make it all a bit of a, a bit of a nonsense. But yeah, overall, really good game for the neutral and a really good result for Brighton. Uh, and everyone's kind of been waiting for Aston Villa to step up and drop bit, some yeah. points. So. Uh, the next one is well, it's a big one. Yeah, this is game. this is this is a flag in the sand for Tottenham Hotspur. Definitely, definitely. Um, put a marker down because I mean we're going to talk about them later, so I won't go into too much depth. Are they title contenders now? Yeah, I think they've got to. Be sure. I yeah, Please. and I think you know a lot of people say that, that their 
title challenge really depends on the fitness of of Harry Kane and um, Son. But you know they're a whole team as well, and I thought and Dombele played quite well. Um, I wa- I, wa- I didn't watch a huge amount of the game. I watched a little bit of the game. Um, but yeah, I think you know when you look at the squad, they've definitely you know they've got the legs on the bench. You know it's it's not yeah. it's not out of the realms of possibility that Spurs can challenge this season. So you know much to both mine and Sam's displeasure, we we've got to say through gritted teeth that Spurs have a proper shot at this this season, especially Definitely. if teams like Manchester City keep, you know, messing up as they have been doing recently, dropping points here and there. And you know, when you when you have that at the start of the season, it's difficult to really pick that up for, throughout the rest of the season. So you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with City, but um, yeah, just a bit. A bit crap from City, I think. This is what I said in the in the preview. I don't I don't mean to like go back too far and talk about it in too much depth, but um, you know, I think City have, uh, have felt the loss of David Silva and Leroy Sane a lot, and especially with um, the powers of Sergio Aguero waning, um, we'll we'll see how they respond to it. But yeah, two 0 win for Tottenham, really really well done for them. Yeah, definitely. On the break. Uh, I think. I think the inclusion of players like Hoiberg and Reguilon. Yeah, that's what I was saying in FAQs. It's given that team a real boost. I think they needed a good left back and I think they need another midfielder. So Mm. he's added added players where he needed to add them. Yeah. Harry Kane was obviously really good at the weekend again. Yeah, definitely. Overall, a really good performance for Spurs and they're playing football reminiscent of the the football that Jose Mourinho played when he was at Chelsea, when he was at Inter, you know, it, it's it's very Jose Mourinho-esque football, but it mm. works, and I think that it's quite a scary prospect yeah. how well Tottenham are doing at the moment, especially because Chelsea have got them this weekend. Yeah, no, that's going to be a massive game. We'll talk about it later, but we'll move on to Old Trafford for the Bruno Fernandez show against uh, West Brom. Yeah, and I don't want to say they're a one-man team. But they're a one-man team. Let's let's be honest here. They are definitely a one-man team. Um, Carries that side. Uh, Manchester United this season have been the masters of getting results in games they really ought not have got results in. Mm. Um, it was unconvincing. I'd say the least. You know, you'd think uh, you, coming 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 to Old Trafford, bottom of the table, no one of two clubs in the entire ninety-two in England that hadn't won a game yet. Um, you know, Man United should be absolutely whipping West Brom here. Um, yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, they haven't been that good. And they've had to no, survive West- through a Bruno Fernandes penalty. Yeah. And arguably, West Brom could have had one too. Yeah, definitely. I saw that. Um, so it's, it's it's a difficult one to take. For, I think it is a difficult pill to swallow for West Brom. Yeah, um, definitely. Because... You know, the, the the retaking of the penalty was correct. The goalkeeper was off his line. And yeah. that's, that's just the nature of football now, unfortunately. Yeah. That's the way Although we I can will see these. bring up an interesting point I saw on Twitter afterwards. You know, if I think if Bruno Fernandes takes that little skip that he likes to, why does that mean the goalkeeper's not allowed to take a step as well? Um you know, it's an argument to be had, I think. And I think we, we, we should talk about it another day. But um, yeah, another loss for West Brom, unfortunately. And it's looking pretty bleak for them, isn't it? Definitely. I think I think 
West Brom and Sheffield United are really starting to look in trouble. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, we, we we go to another well, team that looks in trouble. Uh, that's Fulham. It was it was insane. I watched the first half of this game. It was ridiculous. You know, Calvert Lewin scoring in the forty first second or something like that. Yeah, just cut through Fulham like butter. And but what I will say is that Everton do have massive defensive frailties, which I think a lot of teams can uh, can because they've gone to a five back where they put Luca Dina and um, I think they had Alex Iwobi on on the right uh, right wing back. But Luca Dina is absolutely ridiculous. I think there was news tonight saying that he's injured, which will be a massive loss for for Everton. But yeah, would be huge. Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, popping up again. Yeah. Uh, overall, it was a it was a job done for Everton. It wasn't convincing no. again, but uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, when he is on form, is a real force. Uh, obviously, like you said, scored in the first you know forty forty five seconds. You know that was that was a, it was definitely a statement of intent from Everton. Yeah. I think because Everton, you know, they they looked like a team in the first twenty minutes who came to this game knowing they could beat Fulham. Yeah. And I think the confidence that they 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 came out of the blocks with oozed that and then obviously Fulham got a goal back and then it was a case of Everton slowly pulling away in the first half Fulham pulled back in the second half mm. and obviously a woeful penalty yeah another one for Ivan, Ivan for... Cavaliero I think Scott Parker needs to get get some work done on the training ground because I think he needs to make himself a player manager register himself and yeah. then whenever they've got a penalty sub himself on and take it because <laughs> nothing's working you know Mitrovic has missed one Lukman's missed one and now Cavalera as well uh, so where you know and these are these are massive points for so it could be two points two points in two weeks dropped you know yeah. if they score both of these Burnley are below them yeah definitely they get the results so it's 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 you know, if you are a team battling relegation, you can't afford to be missing these. Mm. You really can't. And I will say one thing and, uh, as well. I think Fulham will Go kick on. themselves. I think, I, I, was, I think Fulham will be kicking themselves massively because 100%. two massive chances they've wasted now. Yeah, 100%. Um, and also what I will say is that Yerry Mina is one of the most inconsistent defenders in the Premier League. Uh I don't, I don't get him at all. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, the the goal that Fulham scored, Bobby Dickard over Reid just sort of walked past him, and you think, just you know, have a look at his run. You know, see what he's doing. It was too easy, and I think Everton will be punished by that if they don't go out because you know they've they've strengthened further forward, especially with the likes of you know Alan Ducore, um, James Rodriguez, and all, and all of that sort of comes to mind. But if they don't fix what is a leaky defence, then they can. They could really struggle this year. Um, yeah, that's, that's well said. <laughs> Cheers. Um, that worked. <laughs> right. Sheffield United, West Ham. Sheffield United. Uh, Sheffield United are going down. They're going down. This was another performance of just... They just show nothing going forward. No. Really. Even. They, they hit the it's, bar. Ollie McBurney always shows up against West Ham, but I just... There's nothing there. There really isn't. I was watching them and I was thinking, it's really hard to explain for Sheffield. Um, what I will say is West Ham had a couple of really good chances, um, and I think it's a definite improvement on the, on the Fulham performance. Obviously not in terms of result, but the quality of chances that we created was was really good. I just our, our final finish wasn't quite there. Um, obviously Seb Haller's goal was double decent, and he was very good. Um, but yeah, just sort of a 
I wouldn't say it's poor routine. But yeah, poor performance from Sheffield and they're really looking in the mud now. I can't remember who um what was the stat like uh, I think at this at this point in the league, the the results at Sheffield United they've gone their first nine games winless. No team has ever gone their first nine games winless and then gaped relegation. Yeah. Yeah. The two times it's happened were Middlesbrough and Manchester City in the in the nineties and the eighties. Yeah. It hasn't happened this century and a team is yet to escape relegation after this poor start. And uh to be honest, with with the loss of uh Jack O'Connell at the start of the year and the loss of Dean Henderson on obviously back to Manchester United, I think it has knocked their confidence. But yeah. uh, they haven't they haven't reinforced No attacking wise in the in the ways that they needed to. And I think their their style of play has been well and truly found out. Yeah. Seems now to play against it. Uh the I believe it's the second worst goal difference in the league. They've only scored four goals in nine games. Sheffield United is it's it's the joint worst goal scoring record in the Premier League. Yeah. And it's 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 really bad. It's, it's looking really dire for it's them, really isn't it? it's it is looking really, really woeful now. And it could you know, it's, it's showing no signs of getting any better. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're Ham, going to know, the Hawthorns next week, so we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later on. But yeah, um, another three points for West Ham, and we move up to eighth. Good season for you so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a thing the other day on Twitter which said, um, in terms of like position, positionally last year, West Ham have had the hardest start to the season, you know, in terms of where the teams we've played finished last season. Yep. I think I think the average position that we've played is like seventh, I think it was. Yeah. So to come out with with fourteen points from that is 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 really a credit to David Moyes, not to the board, to David Moyes and and, and his and the new system that we've got, which seems to be working really nicely for us. So yeah. Well done. Well done West Ham. Yes. Uh, another another really good result. Next game up. Leeds Arsenal. Leeds versus Arsenal, a really, really drab, dull affair. This one, Leeds actually showing think, a lot yeah. of Leeds showing a lot of gumption going forward, but not a lot of end products. And Arsenal, another team this weekend who looked lifeless, and um, you know their attacking their attacking woes could be put down in the second half to a moment of madness from Nicola Pepe. We'll talk about that later on because I think I've got quite strong opinions on this. I don't know if you do. But, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot to be said about him. Not much of it, well, none of it. Good. I think he's. I think he's let his team down, and Arsenal could quite easily put the blame for that on him. But no, the, the onus comes with the rest of the team, yeah. and I think you know when you when you go to a newly promoted side, even though it is Leeds and and you know the hype surrounding them, you can't go to to Ellen Road and have thirty three percent possession and nine shots to Leeds is twenty five. Yeah. Not for a team that's pushing top six or yeah. has aspirations there. And, you know, when you look at Arsenal's position in the league, uh, it's not very good, really, is it? Aubameyang no. misfiring again. Yes, Arsenal Arsenal only two shots on target against Leeds at the weekend. And Aubameyang, you know, he is misfiring. It's You can't, when your team's not scoring, I mean, everyone's talking about Aubameyang being this brilliant player. But Arsenal at the moment aren't getting results mm. and that's the bottom line you know yeah. they were beaten pretty comprehensively by Aston Villa in the last game week yeah uh, and this weekend they've been held to a draw they probably should have lost had Leeds taken their chances in the way that they should have done yeah 
Um, so yeah, it's worrying times for Arsenal. It, you know, it could just be a blip, mm. or this could be a sign of a wider Very problem. Very inconsistent. But yeah, yes, we'll move definitely. on to to Anfield. Liverpool three, Leicester nil. Um, we we had our reservations going into this game week, especially on mm-hmm. last week's Bosch saying you know Liverpool's cr- injury crisis has really affected them, and you know. But then I look at the team, and you think that's that's not as bad as it's cracked up to be. I don't think that that side that they put out wasn't <laughs> really awful, um, and yeah, just a it was convincing, really, wasn't it? I don't think Leicester really had that much of a sniff. Did you watch this game? I did, I did. Um, I enjoyed the fact that Liverpool. This was very much a performance where they've had their adversities in the last two, three weeks. Definitely, yeah. They've had a lot of people saying that they've, you know, they've got injury woes. I think they definitely benefited from having Fabinho back in the team. Hundred uh, percent changes that, that side, doesn't it? Yeah, it was one of the main players that people were very much worried about. Uh, being in the side but I mean people have been saying this these these guys are the champions of England they won the league by 20 odd points last season yeah that doesn't happen by accident no. you know they've got enough in reserve to continue to beat teams I don't think Leicester were very good at the weekend but Liverpool again were just were just Liverpool different and, gravy uh, yeah you can't you can't write them off because because of the injuries I think I think going through Christmas and that period, you know, playing two games a week. Uh, sometimes you'll play three games in a week. It's, 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 it will start to test them, especially having both Joe Gomez and Van Dijk out, yeah. who are pretty much, you know, I would say they're, they're two first choice centre backs. Potentially, Fabinho is in the no, conversation. I think when when those two play, it's Fabinho in that sort of holding midfield. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and obviously Salah coming back as well. You know, the, the yeah. injury crisis doesn't look as bad for Liverpool running into the Christmas period. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how Liverpool go. Uh, right, we'll move on to Monday. Uh, Burnley's first points on the... Uh, well, no, I say first points. They've obviously got some draws. But Burnley's first uh, win on the board. A 1-0 win against, uh, against Crystal Palace. I think an early goal from Chris Wood. And then it was just sort of dice ball for the rest of it. Um well, when you're down at the bottom, you got to do what you got to do. To That's support. it. And overall, overall, Burnley basically Burnley the result. They yeah. they sat back, defended, and they dug in. And that's mm. that's what unfortunately people don't like about Burnley is that their football is a little bit unimaginative and a little bit four four two and a little bit straight down the line. But yeah. uh, at the end of the ah, uh, at the end of the day, if you're Burnley, you're looking at teams like Sheffield United and Fulham, and yeah, you're thinking, you're oh, for points, aren't you? All we've got to do is 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 better them, and you know Chris Wood obviously coming up with a goal at the start of the game, and it, you know if you're Sean Dice, you're not going to be thinking about being flashy and going and getting another one. Just protect what you've got, and I think he knows he's got the players in his squad to do that. Yeah, and he's just done what he needed to do. You know, Burnley, especially going through the the, the turmoil of getting taken over. There's obviously financial instability and some financial, you know, unsure future at the club. Um, I said this a couple of weeks ago that if Burnley went down with 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 the trouble they've got behind closed doors at the moment, there could be a real issue there if they're actually coming back up. Mm. The owners are pretty obviously trying to sell the club, so I think in Sean Dyche's mind, he's not worried about playing attractive football. He's just worried about getting three points on the board and keeping himself out of the 
relegation yeah. zone. You do have to feel done. for Burnley, and it's a good result for them. Uh, again, Crystal Palace, a very confusing team, always have been. You know, they, mm. they, 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 you know, you see them one week and they're picking up points, and then you see them the next week and they've lost one 0 to Burnley, and you're thinking. What goes on in that place? I, I really don't know. You know, I rate Roy Hodgson as a manager, but um, yeah. yeah, just a bit of crap. Really. And uh, one one final shout out to Nick Pope. Really good save. At the end yeah, of the game. yeah, it was really really uh, important save. save. I think that's why everyone's kind of tipping him. My England be, number one. Yeah, England's number one because he, he produces moments like that. And uh, Palace definitely missed the input of Wolf Zaha. Oh yeah, out. and now he's, he's has he got COVID now, so he can't play for the next. He was he tested positive, so yeah. he'll play. He, he can't play until he tests negative. Basically, yeah. obviously the COVID restrictions don't apply to professional footballers. They just are they aren't allowed to play until they they produce negative yeah. tests. I was, why I, most of them are back this weekend. Yeah, I was a bit confused by that. I was watching the Champions League a couple of days ago and thinking, how did Mo Salah get on the pitch here? I swear he had a COVID test like five days ago. But um, yeah, whatever. Um, right, last game of the week uh, was Wolves versus Southampton, and I, I didn't. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch this game, and I didn't watch the highlights. Um, I, it sounded like it was it was meant to be a good game. What, did you Did you see any of this? I um, I I didn't watch it either. As ever, we're really prepared <laughs> on this podcast. Um, All we could do is really analyze the result instead of analyzing the performance. I guess because uh, I don't goals look like I don't really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the game went but it's a, it's an, I suppose it's, it's an agreeable result for both teams I don't think either of them be overly upset with yeah, it yeah because... both in good form and I think you know Southampton will be pleased that Theo Walcott scored as well um, mm. but yeah just just a result that you'd sort of expect you know uh, I, I was a bit I, I remember on the Bosch last week I was a little bit torn between who, who to pick here but um Yes. All right, that's the end of the game week. Fun fact, fun fact for that one. That was Theo Walcott's first goal for Southampton, first league goal for Southampton in 14 years. His last oh, league goal for Southampton. did it take him so long? That's ridiculous. First league goal for Southampton <laughs> was 14 years and 347 days ago, so nearly 15 years ago against Luton. <laughs> scored the only goal in a 1-0 win. So there you go, fun fact. Back to... Uh, Back, back home. Yes, power rankings. Shall we go there now? Power. We shall. What have we said? Uh, we're going. Are we, are we negative first. Positive. Is that what we do? I've forgotten. We go positive first. Oh, okay, good. Positive. You know, I like to have a rant, Jamie. Yes, that's you know true. I like to get upset, and we we will keep them in suspense of me shouting about things. Also, I want to get Tottenham out of the way. Yeah, let's soon. say this through gritted teeth. Let's go. <laughs> On, Tottenham, are looking like, Tottenham are looking like a really good side and it's really upsetting me. Yeah. Uh, Harry Kane and Heung-Min Son look like the partnership of the season. Yeah. Uh, uh, they look like a really good team all round. Hugo Lloris is playing really well in goal. Jose Mourinho's got Tottenham for and again. Yeah. I said this in okay. FAQs. No, 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 no. I've got to say that. Uh, I've said it in FAQs the, uh, last week. You can find that on Spotify, by the way. Um, is that Hoiberg has brought so much to that uh, to that team, and I think it's really underestimated. Um, yeah, Spurs really good. Are they top at the moment? Is that right? Are they top uh, of the yeah. table. Yeah, that yeah, must be sick. Um, <clears throat> yeah, 
just you know it's easy to focus on on Son and and Kane because obviously they they they're the ones producing the goals but you've got to think of this as a whole team performance and you know he's built a good squad here Mourinho uh you know to to bring on players like uh Mora Lacelso and 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 Gareth Bale and Carlos Vinicius and you think of the names and you think wow that you know that they've got the legs here you know a lot of seasons Tottenham haven't had the legs to go far um but yeah it'd be interesting to see because if 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 Harry Kane and and Son uh, stay fit for the season then they can really push this to the end I think yeah well I think they're going to cock it up so let's move (laughs) on Liverpool (laughs) you weren't expecting me to remain completely neutral on that Jamie sound that doesn't sound like you at all I've not got quite that much self-restraint so we will move on to Liverpool Uh, like we said earlier performance of a team that is still very much based in quality despite the they're quite uh, good aren't they (laughs) despite the injury problems and the covid issues yeah Liverpool are still still pretty good obviously Sadio Mane still in the team is is always a always always then Diego Jota who was Diego Jota again I, I don't know what people were worried about. I mean, they're, just, they're talking about these defensive issues. And yeah, they had to play James Milner at right back. But I mean... He can play anywhere. And then you've got Joel Matip and, James... and Fabinho at centre-back who are two towering players. And then you've still got Robertson yeah. who who is just insanely good. So, And then the small matter of Roberto Firmino, Mane and Diogo Jota yeah, up front. Yeah. What on earth were Liverpool fans being so dramatic about? Yeah. But yeah, decent, really good performance. Uh, uh, beating a pretty good Leicester side. Yeah, a Leicester side in good nick and and looking to go yeah. to Anfield and really get at them, you know, with with the pace of Vardy and Barnes. But didn't really work out for them. So um, yeah, well done to Liverpool. Good performance. Liverpool sat second in the table now, only by virtue of goal difference. Yes, obviously suffering from that. Yes. Pretty dire defeat away at Villa. So, yeah. uh, but no, good performance. Still title contenders. I think still title fate. Yeah. But we move on to DCL. Calvert Lewin. Really good player. He's a bit good at football. Yeah, 10 goals, 9 games. Standalone top scorer in the Premier League. And Absolutely. another two Absolutely. extremely important goals for, for Everton in terms of their. Their, their aspirations for this season. Uh, I don't think you can under, underestimate his influence. Uh, you know, he's 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 got absolute. He's so powerful in the air, and 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 his shot accuracy has improved to no end. And I think that that's really been the turning point for Calvert Lewin. He's got hops. I don't say that lightly. He's got hops. That kid can jump high, um, and he just bullies defenders, and that's why he's done so well this season. But yeah. You have anything to say about him? Um, I think it's a. I think he's he's making life a little bit difficult for Gareth Southgate. Unfortunately, Harry Kane is also performing, which makes it which makes it tough. But uh, you know, it's always good if England can keep him. You know, if if he can keep performing, keep scoring, then we're looking at two informed strikers going to the Euros next summer. Yeah, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, and he he definitely adds mm. things to to this team you know he definitely adds things to the England team he adds a whole bunch to this Everton team yeah I think they've they've been crying out for a centre forward since they had Romelu Lukaku yeah you know, a really big imposing central central striker and I think he's 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 that player mm. uh, so yeah 
a really, a really, really good thing for both England and Everton, and uh, should travel to the Euros next summer. Yes. So it's 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 positive news. Mm. Right, let's have a rant. Well, yeah. Where are we going first? Are we going to City? We'll go to City. We'll okay. go to City because I feel like this is... Talk about Manchester City first. Uh, go on, you go. Um, well, I watched this game. Mm. I watched a lot of this game because I was obviously interested in the result. Personally, I wanted a draw. Yeah. Sure. But we got it. Um, City were pretty disappointing for the majority. Yeah. To the game, there oh, is an argument been. to say that they. It was an argument to say they should have had a goal. It was a. It was a very marginal handball decision against Gabriel Jesus. There's the whole argument of it. If it hits the sleeve, it's not a handball, and it's it's there's there's guidelines and stuff. We had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago yeah. about VAR and, and and the guidelines around handball and how inconsistent they are. That's a conversation for another day. It doesn't justify the fact that they've been beaten two nil. In the game, with I can't remember them creating many meaningful chances anyway. No, uh, I think, Spurs. Yeah, Spurs Go on. did what Mourinho does best and defended and dug in, and uh, yeah, broke the I think, pace. I think, and you know, that's going into this game, you should know that's what Spurs are going to do. Uh, so I think, yeah, and you know, when you when your players like Kevin De Bruyne, who let's be honest isn't playing his best football. I don't think that's a secret. Uh, you know, he's only scored one goal this season. Obviously, that missed penalty against Liverpool is not going to do anything for your confidence. When players like that aren't performing, the whole team is affected. And then, you know, you've got the fact that Raheem Sterling was on the bench and it, it was just a bit flat from City, is what I thought. You know, obviously, they had a lot more shots because, you know, that's what they do. They, they, they go to places and they have a lot more shots. But Definitely. you know you've got to, you've got to be clinical with your chances, especially when you're looking to challenge for the title, and they weren't. And and Gabriel Jesus isn't quite looking up to standard of a title-winning side. I don't know what you no. think about that. They're definitely missing Sergio Aguero. I think they're missing that killer instinct in the box. You know that ability to mm. when a player breaks down the line, or when Kevin De Bruyne finds a pocket of space on the edge. And that's what I thought Ferran Torres yeah. would do just off a hat-trick yeah. against Germany in the international break. I thought he, you know, burst on and, and, you know, really put Spurs to the sword here, but just flat. That's all I can yeah. describe it as. I think, ultimately, I think they're missing the technical ability of actually both Aguero and David Silva, that mm. ability to find pockets of space. Um, really, yeah, that really lends itself to, uh, to Pep Guardiola's way of playing football. But yeah, a pretty flat performance from City and... Um, if you'd have said that City would have been comfortably behind Chelsea and Tottenham at this point in the season. And West Ham. Last year, and West Ham. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, oh, I it's not comfortable, but they're 13th the on the table. I was going to say, the table's not overly important at this point in the season, but, you know, we, we, we're over, you know, we're about a quarter of the way through now. Mm. 25% of the way through the season, that it's starting to take shape. You know, the top three are Tottenham, Liverpool and Chelsea. Uh, you know the the relegation zone starting to come into come into view. Yeah. Manchester City are sat in for, uh, sat in thirteenth, and that is a very disappointing start for them. 100%. And you, you're right. There's games that they look really flat in. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one one draw against West Ham is just yeah, an example. Definitely. You know, I watched that game, and 
you know, they're obviously they're good, but they, they've been saved by Phil Foden who comes on and, and does his thing and scores. But yeah, I just, it, 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 for City's sake, they've got to pick it up. Otherwise, they're going to get left behind. You know, they're, they're eight points behind Tottenham and Liverpool, which yeah. is a long way in the Premier League. So we'll see. But yeah. Uh, right, we should move on to Nicola Pepe. Oh. <laughs> That's all I could, you know, it's not all I could say about it, trust me. But you just think, they're so stupid. Obviously, Alioski's reaction to it is, is dramatised. Because, you know, that, that level of, you know, he's, he's butted his head into him a little bit. It doesn't deserve the whole, you know, hands over the face, crying on the floor. But, you know, it's the Premier League. And if someone butts into you, it's a red card. So, yeah, go down. <laughs> it's, 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 it's behavior. It's just, it's abysmal. It's stupid behavior. It's utterly, utterly just stupid. I mean, this is a Premier League level footballer. 72 you know, million the phrase, pounds. The phrase, he should know better, comes to mind. It's Your team is nil-nil away in a game you should be winning. You're getting outplayed and he's done something like that. And there is the argument of saying Alioski's made the most of it. And I, I understand that. It is, you know, he is in a sense diving to, to, you know, for use of a better word, he is, you know, playing up to, playing up to the incident. But, you know, as a Premier League level footballer, with the way the rules are now, if you dip your head into someone, you're going to get sent off. And that's it. Hmm. And There's he, 55 cameras watching your every move. And, yeah. and you know, despite, our, our qualms against it, you know. You there is every single angle in slow motion the whole time, the whole ninety minutes, and the referees can see everything. And it, as yeah. soon as he goes over to that monitor, your days are numbered as far as I'm concerned with that headbutt. Uh, and it was rightly a red Pepe card. Looked, Pepe looked. He looked like he was ready to go as well. He knew what he'd done. You know, when yeah. the red card came out, he looked like he was ready to walk. It's just it's ridiculous and. He should, you know, he should be apologising to the manager, the fans, the players, everyone. He should be, he should be grovelling. Because he should refund the travelling fans for his performance. That's all I'll say. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to hit his bank account, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might not next week. Hey, well, fans are yes. <laughs> that's a positive for everyone. Fans are back in the stadium. Yeah. Uh, is it the, fir- the first game where fans are back is West Ham United? West Ham yeah. versus Manchester United uh, on the on the fifth of December, which will be very exciting. After and if an if anyone listening off. has got any and has got any pull in the ticket office, get Jamie Lambert one, please. I'm sure I'm sure he'd he'd really enjoy that. Just say uh, we're from off he, the line, and they'll they'll get it. They'll get it. They know me. They know me. I reckon David Gold listens to this. Yeah, on Spotify, which <laughs> is where you Spotify. can find us now as well. If I haven't said it five times yeah. already, this podcast. On Spotify. Link okay. in the yeah. <laughs> yeah, plug the Spotify. <laughs> go, go listen, go listen. Um, uh, yeah. But no, we'll move on to our final power rankings. Now, there was a few teams we could have done for this. We could have talked about Arsenal Arsenal, as a whole. Arsenal's performance as a whole. West Brom, yet again. Sheffield United, yet again. But we've decided to go for Newcastle. Mm. Um, based upon the utterly, utterly woeful, lifeless... Gutless, diet flaccid performance that we saw at the weekend against us uh, I mean they were missing Callum Wilson I suppose that's a 
that's a blow to them. It's a big blow to them. You can't rely but... on Callum Wilson. No. You can't. You know, you've got to have a whole team. You know, you, you can't just rely on Callum Wilson, Alisson, Maxman and go, you know, win us games. You know, that's what United do with Fernandes, but it's different. Um, <laughs> I just think, yeah, Newcastle are just... I don't know how they get results. You know, I watched them against West Ham and they were quite good against West Ham, but that was the first game of the season and, you know, it's all it's all new and obviously West Ham were in a pretty poor place at that point in terms of morale. But, oh Christ, it's just, it was dire watching them. And as as we've said before, 29% possession is just not good enough for a Premier League side. Despite Chelsea's quality, I think you've got to be creating a few more chances than that. What do you Definitely. reckon? Um, but the, I think Newcastle's football is one-dimensional. I think it's predictable. Um, I know, obviously, we know a Newcastle fan is very vocal about his dislike and distaste for Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce and his managerial style. Like many, many it. Newcastle fans are. It's 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 very backwards. It's very unimaginative. It's not football becoming of a team that at one point in the last twenty or so years were were up in you know the upper echelons Champions League level of mm. the Premier League, and now they're down in the doldrums playing boring football with boring players, um, yeah. relying on Alanson Maximan to get results. And I think that's what Chelsea did on Saturday was limit the ability of Alanson Maximan by. Sticking Closing a pacey wing back next to him, which yeah. is Reese James. They put they put, put Reese James next to him, who bullied him all game. Yeah, and they and every time he cut inside, and Golo Kante was there. Chelsea yeah. aimed to limit the ability of Alan and Maximan, and as soon as you limit him, you limit Newcastle because mm. he's out and out their best player, out and out their only real attacking threat. Yeah, I think uh, when you bring on God. Miguel Almiron as well, and I think Miguel Almiron needs a more attacking system in order to thrive. You know, yeah, it, that's what he showed at Atlanta. And I just think, if you're not going to play to the strengths of your players, what are you doing? You know, it's, it's, a very, it's, it's, weak. it's weird. It's, weak. it's weird. And uh, I don't know how long, because obviously, you know, there's all this talk and hubbub around the takeover still and, 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 and it's still rumbling on and the Saudis are suing the Prem or whatever this shit that's going on. But what what does when do you say that um, Steve Bruce's position is untenable? And that's um, really what well, you've got to say. Unfortunately, that decision lies with Mike Ashley, <laughs> and uh, uh, he shows about as much interest in this football club as I do in the Royal Opera House. Yes, so really? nice, nice analogy there. But yeah, those the power rankings all done. There you go, bash, bash, bosh. Uh, Bosch. Bosch. <laughs> we'll, we'll go on to predict uh, next week's games now. Uh, we'll start with. Uh, the f- the f- oh, is that tomorrow night? <laughs> Shit, yeah. <laughs> tomorrow night, we'll yeah, talk we about. It's a little bit late, but it's fine. Yeah, she'll be right. Um, Crystal Palace, Newcastle. What are you saying about that? Well, two teams that lost last weekend. We've just talked about Newcastle. I think Crystal Palace. Is is Wolf Zaha available? No, he's not. Well, that no. make it interesting. They've got the attacking uh, nous of Christian Benteke. Steve Bruce, obviously managing against his former team, yeah, managed Crystal Palace for three months. 
the start of the 2001-2002 campaign. There we go. Wow, look at these facts. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Done some research, <laughs> mate. Definitely haven't just opened. Definitely haven't just opened a fixture on BBC Sport, and that's the first thing on there. Yeah. But it's fine. I, I'm going to claim it. Yeah. Uh, Luka Milivojevic is out of isolation, but misses out. So. This grade A team news coming from Sam here. It's 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 definitely a weakened Crystal Palace side, but can they overcome Brucey Ball? This game all depends on who gets the early goal, doesn't it, really? Definitely. I was about to say that. Uh, and I would back Crystal Palace to do that over Newcastle. So I'm going to go with a 1-0 Crystal Palace win. I don't think it will be glamorous, but I think it will be what it is. I think it'll be a 1-1. Uh, I think it'll be quite boring. But I hope it isn't. I hope it's interesting. Because I'll probably watch it because it's yes. on Prime. So. Uh, oh, is it, on, is it an Amazon jobby? It's an Amazon jobby, so I'll be watching that tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, well, Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson's back, but obviously Jamal Lascelles is doubtful after yeah. he picked up an injury last week at Chelsea hmm. uh, against Chelsea. Ryan Fraser doesn't start either, so uh, both teams pretty weakened by injuries. Definitely. But Callum Wilson's back, so Newcastle backfiring up front. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it really does depend. It really does depend on who gets the early goal there. Definitely. Yeah, or if there's an early goal. If there's yeah. an early goal, uh, we move on to Saturday game. morning. Uh, quite an interesting one, actually. Brighton, Liverpool. Yeah. Two teams who won last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brighton will not have the services of Tariq Lamptey because he's serving a one-match ban for the red card against Aston, Aston Villa. Villa. Uh, Adam Lalana won't be playing either. He's having a thigh injury assessed. But obviously, Leandro Trossard and Solly March are both fit. Quality Mo Salah's back for Liverpool. Uh, most Salah's back for Liverpool and Jordan Henderson and Thiago Alcantara could both play at the weekend for Liverpool as well. This injury so, crisis is a load of pish, in it? As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> there's nothing to it. I was going to say, uh, we've got an injury crisis, but we're going to start a midfield of Genie Wijnaldum, Thiago Alcantara Henderson. and Jordan Henderson. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> and a front three of Jota, Mane and, and Salah probably. Of, Maybe for me. Merseyside mania drama in it really. Uh, I think <laughs> Liverpool I think Liverpool can absolutely cane them four 0 I don't see a caning, but I see a comfortable win. I, I'm saying sort of two one ish. Uh, right, City Burnley, uh, a must win for City. Absolutely. Uh, if they want to have any sort of, I'm not saying it's season defining because it's not, but you know these are the games you've got to be smacking Burnley in. You know, oh, yeah. despite the fact they they won last week, they're still low on confidence, and I think you've you've got to stop the threat of um. I, but I think Burnley are a bit of a bogey team for City, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. But I do see us. I, I do see City winning and bouncing back here. I don't think Pep will will rest on his on his laurels. No, I I think I think I think Burnley will struggle in City, especially away from home. I think City will run out, will run out winners in this one. Mm. Um, Nick Pope potentially injured as well for this game for Burnley. Yeah, uh, so that could it's a big, big knock for them. Definitely. So, uh, oh yeah, I think City will come out away with this three nil. Good. Okay. Uh, really interesting game at half five on the Saturday. Uh, Everton against Leeds. What do you two, reckon from this? Well, two, two informed teams. I say two informed teams. Both of them got points last weekend. 
Uh, well, it'll be an interesting clash of two attacking sides, won't it? Uh, obviously, Leeds starting with Patrick Bamford up front, an informed striker. Everton starting with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, the informed striker. That's it. Uh, you know, and two very attacking mindsets, two really brilliant managers. Yeah. So, who knows which way this could go? Um, well, you've got I, to I would it. back. I would back Everton based upon the class they have in their side. Yeah. Um, but it really could go either way. Mm. I'd sure. like to think this would be... I would like to say this would be a high-scoring draw just because I think defensively they're both not brilliant. But also, you know, they've got quite potent attacks. You know, you look at Leeds and you think Jack Harrison, Patrick Bamford, uh, Rodrigo, Helder Costa, all players that can affect the game. And I think, as I said earlier with, with Everton, you know, conceding two goals to Fulham and really should be conceding three with a penalty. It, it doesn't bode well for Everton's defence and that really needs to be shored up by Ancelotti. So we'll see whether that happens on, on Saturday. But yeah, I'm I'm going to say a, a high scoring draw. Yeah. Definitely. I think, uh, I think it'll be interesting. But I, ca- I do reckon... Everton will run away, winners three two. Lovely, that's what I'll say. But it definitely will not be a game where either team don't score. I think 100%. guaranteed goals in this one. Yeah, that's my little uh, that's my little bonus prediction. Guaranteed uh, goals, a six pointer. If I've ever done seen one on on Saturday night at the Hawthorns. Well, exciting game between twentieth and nineteenth. No, I think it will uh, be exciting. Actually, two teams both desperate for a win. The only two teams in the ninety two haven't. Who haven't won a game yep. yet, and as a South uh, End Sheffield. fan, that's especially surprising. But yeah, <laughs> Sheffield United with some injury problems of their own at the back. Ethan Ampadu and Ender Stevens look like they're going to miss out through injury. Uh, yeah. But John Fleck got you know was back last got weekend, minutes, didn't he? And uh, Lise Mousse apparently could be back. For he's Sheffield massive United for them. I think he's their uh, only proper threat. On goal, obviously McGoldrick has his moments, but they're not—they're few and far between. And McBurney just seems a little bit off. And Rian yeah. Brewster, we've talked about in previous boshes, as I think ineffectual would be being nice to him. Definitely, but yeah. What do you reckon for this game? Now, it's whether Sheffield United's defensive losses will tell. I don't think they will. Oh, thing is, I. Because of my close relationship with the Sheffield United fan is one of my better mates, I don't want to say they're going to lose. But well, despite also, me also, also being friends with them, I am actually going to say a West Brom win. Because oh, I've I, watched, I watched the performance that West Brom put in against Man United, and I thought it was spirited. I watched the performance that Sheffield United put in against West Ham, and it was flat and woeful. So, and that's what I'm going off. And I don't. Do you know that. what? Yeah, you've swayed me. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say also that. Uh, oh, I've lost my words. My words appear. <laughs> that doesn't to happen often me. to Sam Davis. He's usually <laughs> full Brom, of words. Say West Brom will win. I think it'll be one nil. I don't think it'll be glamorous, but I think it'll be what it is. Yeah. Uh, right. Sunday, Southampton versus Manchester United. Really good Massive game. Massive game. Massive game. What do you reckon? Well, saying? little stat, little, little Ooh, stat for this game. Stats. Little stat. Uh, <laughs> if United managed to beat Southampton on Sunday, 
this will be this will be a new club record for Manchester United. It'll be eight consecutive away league wins. Wow! Uh, and if that's not testament to how shocking their home form has been this <laughs> yeah. season, considering I don't know what position. is. <laughs> uh, but no, it'll be an interesting one. Um, Obviously, Victor Lindelof and Aaron Wan-Bissaka are still coming back off injuries, but Oli Gunnar Solskjaer said he's hopeful that they'll be back. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, Martial needs Theo a goal Walcott. under his belt, I think. Yeah, um, I think Theo Walcott, Theo Walcott will be will be firing. Is he it's back? Weather's, it's weather's, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I, I do believe... It's it's one of them where he's in contention, right? It could be, it couldn't be. It's going to come down to an on the day fitness exam to mm. decide whether he plays. But they've got a capable replacement in Shea Adams, um, yeah. who's been playing really well recently, yeah. uh, and is benefiting from the production of off the Walcott. Um, so it definitely comes down to which team wants it more: Southampton or Bruno Fernandez. And uh, <laughs> I reckon this will be Bruno Fernandez show again. I think he's going to continue his good run of form. I oh, am I predicting say, a going... two, go on. two one win to Manchester United. I'm actually um, going to go with you on that one, but I'd like to see Southampton win this one. Um, but I'm, I'm going with my head. Um, right, probably the biggest game of the weekend, and also definitely. one of the most important games of the season so far. I'm nervous um, already. <laughs> put cats, cats amongst pigeons really, really comes to comes to mind here. Um, uh, Chelsea Spurs. What? Go, I'll, I'll let you take point. Go on. Go on. I'm very, I'm very, 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 very nervous about this. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is for Chelsea the biggest game of the season, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Uh, our biggest game of the season. This rivalry has gone back years. You know, the 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 the, the games between Chelsea and Tottenham have have been you know historical battle of the bridge i recall terms. battle of the bridge uh injury problems christian pulisic could be back for chelsea uh obviously sideline with a hamstring problem mm. against burnley uh toby alderweireld is unlikely to play for tottenham that's huge because of an injury he will miss tottenham's that's huge because if you uh, play a player like i don't know Davin, davinson sanchez who hasn't really been firing, or do you go for Joe Roden, the new the new signing from Swansea? Um, it's a massive call to make for Spurs, and, and one that they need to get right. Otherwise, it could really be a horror show with 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 how good uh, sort of uh, you know Abraham is always good at the start of the season, and 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 Timo Werner, who's starting to I think get used yeah. to the Premier League and the intensity of it. So we'll see. Yeah, I think most importantly, Chelsea are back. Kai Havertz and Thiago Silva in their team. I wouldn't uh, play really Kai Havertz. I think I'd play Thiago Silva. I wouldn't play Havertz in this game. I've got a feeling we're going to play four-three-three, and we will play Havertz and Mount in the same in the midfield three with mm. Kante holding. I think that that's, that's what we'll do. For me, whether I think that's I the right, fan. whether I think that's the right decision. Oh, do you know what? Who they're played both, there last both week? Pretty... Was it Kovacic? Kovacic and Mount. It was, yeah, uh, I'd play it was that Kante, game. I think works, they know definitely. the meaning. I think they know the meaning of this game. I don't know if Havertz does, especially you know he, he's been out of the team a couple of weeks with with COVID issues and that sort of thing. So I don't know whether I play Havertz in this, but obviously yes. I'm not the manager of Chelsea. 
So. And uh, Tiago Silva against Kane and Son against Reese James will be a really huge, really interesting battle. Mm. Massive in this game. Yeah. Whoever wins those probably wins the game. Yeah. What uh, are you saying so for the prediction? Go on. I've got to predict it. It's gonna. I've, I can't. Go on. For the Just life of me, predict that. <laughs> Chelsea are going to come away with anything other than a win because yeah. it, I just haven't got it in me. So I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win three-one. Okay. And I think we're going to. I think we're going to really, really shock everyone uh, and prove that no matter how shock, but yeah. no matter how good that these lot look, they cannot beat Chelsea. And that is even though they beat us already this year <laughs> penalties. But we don't need to talk about that because it's at the bridge, and I'm very excited. So do you yeah. know what? Poke it. We're going to beat them three-one. Timo Werner scores two, Tammy gets one, and yeah. that's it. These games are they always can... extremely interesting, and you think of the, the the battles that have happened over over the previous years with Chelsea and Spurs. I just can't see this being anything other than a draw. Um, yeah, <laughs> I hate to be boring, but I just think it's no, going to no, be no. a really well contested game, and it will be interesting. But I just feel like it's going to be a draw. Uh, it depends on how uh, how. Chelsea attack out the blocks because they're obviously going to be coming up against a Mourinho side uh, and that's difficult at the best of times so but yeah I'm saying a draw uh, and we'll move on to the last game of this week's fixtures which is Arsenal versus Wolves which is a really important game for the Gunners um, what, what's your what's your what's your calling on this one an interesting one definitely um, obviously Wolves a decent result against Southampton on Monday evening, which which would have boosted their confidence a little bit. I think they've they're another team that suffered from inconsistency this yeah. season. Um two teams that have suffered from inconsistencies this season. I don't think if Arsenal perform the way that they did against Leeds will 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 come away with anything other than a loss in this game. They allow as many chances That's it. I, I agree completely. You know, if they allow Daniel Podence and Jimenez Adama Traore the ability to to roam in their final third as they did Leeds, it, it, you know, you can't see anything other than trouble for mm. for uh, for Arsenal. Um, yeah. And Wolves have always got the ability to create. Uh, Arsenal will obviously be without Nicolas Pepe. Whether that's a good thing, for <laughs> yeah, them. I was about to say it might be a good thing. But, um, it will mean it will mean William will probably play. Mm. Um, who's I think a player Wolves... that the Arsenal fans are pretty disappointed with so far from what. Yeah, I think Wolves will play up. Because they love playing up against the bigger teams, um, and you know, obviously Arsenal haven't played that well this season. But I think Wolves can uh, are going into this game thinking we can really get something from here. If they look at the, the highlights that they had against Leeds, obviously Arteta will will be changing around. Um, but we'll, yeah, it's an interesting cross crossroad for for Arsenal here. So it will, will will they be sort of mid table fodder? If if they keep sort of losing these games throughout the season, that's the question I'm asking. But um, what are you saying for the? Did you say Wolves win? Uh, I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go either way on this one because I can't. I, I can make arguments for both of them. Yeah. So I'm gonna make arguments for n- neither of them, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be one all. Okay. I'm gonna go for a Wolves win. Okay. That's a Bosch. Fair enough. <laughs> that is un Bosch. Un Bosch. Uh, to all you one. For people who are listening on YouTube, thank you for returning to uh, the OG platform yeah. uh, that we, we both started out on. And to, to the people listening in their cars or with their girlfriends or with their families sat around the table for dinner. Uh, thank you for tuning in on our 
new platform spotify so hey. thank you for listening on here we're very excited yeah leave a like if you're on youtube and um share it with your friends on on, on spotify if you're about it but um yeah thank you very much for listening to the off the line podcast and we will see you very soon for the next one all right bye